Welcome, everyone. Episode 68 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Steve Giordano here with very special guests, the EVP of FFL Inception, Mr. Matthew Borsch. How are we doing today, boss? Hey, what's up, Steve? Thanks for having me, man. Doing great. Round of applause because you are a killer. You are the persistency man. So I definitely want to talk about that for sure. But let's start here. <laughs> You've been at FFL now, you told me, since June of 2020. What did you do prior? Uh, so yeah, prior to that, not much because I was 24 when I got in. So I didn't have a super extensive work history. Um, it started in, in sales when I was in college, sophomore in college. Uh, I needed a job and was kind of just doing the typical college stuff, you know, delivering pizzas, that kind of random stuff. Um, and then I heard about a job in sales where uh, you can make 13.50 an hour plus commission. So I was like, oh dang, that's rich. So <laughs> so I started doing uh, doing that. I did door to door sales with lawn care. So I did that for three years through college. Um, and then that's actually where I met Mike. Uh, he was my sales manager there. So that's that's when I first met him. And then after that, graduated college, got married, all that in 2017, jumped into an account manager position there. So now I had a more normal shift. I was kind of looking at that corporate ladder. You know, that was the next rung. And that came with the salary plus commissions and perks and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was decent money, uh, very easy gig, just show up, do your numbers. And so I kind of got accustomed in that job to doing the least amount of work for the maximum paycheck. Cause you know how every W2 position, even if you have commission or not, there's kind of that ceiling, you know, where you can, you can only hit so much and they're always changing your commissions and any sales gig, they're always changing the commissions every year to make sure that their sales team isn't making too much. You want to keep them hungry, but not but not feed them too much. Um, so I did that for three years, really uh, didn't love what I was making or what I was doing. I didn't feel like fertilizer and weed control was changing anyone's lives and it certainly wasn't getting me excited. So I was looking for all kinds of different stuff, man. I'm, I was looking at real estate. I was looking at pharmaceutical medical type sales. Um, I didn't really feel like the entrepreneur type. I still don't, but um, so I thought that salary plus commission was the way to go. I, th I was convinced. I was right. like, I got to have that base stability. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've got to have that stability for my wife and my mortgage and all that stuff. But I want to be able to make more than someone else with that, you know, commission hustle. Um, so that's what I was pursuing. Heard about this from a couple buddies of mine. And uh, that's red flags immediately going off in my naive brain. You know, I was like, Oh, you know, pyramid scheme, MLM, you know, you guys can take that and and pound sand, you know, and the uh, problem is they were showing me bank statements too, <laughs> while they were telling me about it. And uh, that you can't fake that, you know, you can't, can't fake commissions in the, uh, in the bank account. So they, they were showing that to me, liking what they were doing and they weren't going to jail. So it was obviously legal. So I was watching that and I couldn't argue with it. You know, I, everything I came up with, they had an answer to. I was like, well, you know, I, I can't quit my job. They're like, you don't have to. I was like, well, I don't really have much money. They're like, it's super cheap. Just get your license. We'll pay for the study course. I was like, all right, well, um, I'm not going to sell friends and family. You don't have to. We have leads. I don't want to have to build a team. You don't have to. You can just make a ton of money selling. <laughs> so I was like, dang. <laughs> so they had an answer to every one of uh, my objections that I was trying to to come up with. So I was like, well, I guess at this point I have to try it. <laughs> I, I got to at least try it. Um, cause I'm going to hate myself if I don't. So June, that's when I hopped into it part-time sucked like crazy. I mean, I, 
thought I thought I knew sales. So I was one of the least coachable new agents you would ever meet. <laughs> Not on purpose. I just wasn't trying to improve or get better. I just assumed that since they filled out the lead, I just had to show up and collect the, the check or something, you know. And uh, I wasn't working that hard either because I was treating it like an Uber of sorts. Like you mm -hmm. just show up and you, want, you yeah. get paid kind of a thing, you know, and that's definitely not what it is. You can't just show up because the minimum here is zero. And like I said, I was used to putting in the minimum effort to collect the check and I brought that mentality here with me. So first couple of weekends, I made nothing. Spent money on leads, didn't work that hard, didn't reach out for a lot of help. So that's, that's where mm -hmm. we were. <laughs> so a couple of weekends in, I realized, okay, either this, uh, sucks and isn't going to work or I suck and need to go to work and decided to swallow the eagle pill a little bit and uh, choked that one down and made some dials Wednesday after after my work booked an appointment um, went out there two and a half hours in the home <laughs> I was wow. wearing a sport coat and a button up looking like a dang fool because I was so nervous <laughs> I was trying to overcompensate and yeah so two and a half hours in hadn't even signed into the carrier portals and stuff so I'm like Calling Gabe, like, oh, who, what should I do? And, oh, crap, I haven't logged in there yet. So that was a rough one. But uh, with that husband and wife, I made commissions equal to a two-week paycheck at my current job. So that was a pretty easy ride home, calling my wife, Cynthia, and just saying, hey, like, I need to do this. I have sucked for two weeks now and just made what I would have made two full weeks at the job. So turned in my two weeks' notice and started full-time July 1st, haven't looked back since. So that that's kind of my story there. <laughs> wow. So did you have any entrepreneurial like background at all in your family or no? No, none, none whatsoever. If Is it possible to have like negative entrepreneurial <laughs> background or something? Yeah. Like yes, I think I'm, <laughs> like, I'm with you on that actually. Yeah, yeah, no, it was not at all. Like it doesn't come naturally to me. I was scared to death. Um, I didn't think it made any sense. But like I said, I, when you're not happy with, what you're making or what you're doing, you have to consider getting uncomfortable for a change. You know, you can't, you can't just sit around whining. It's like what I do with the gym, you know, Oh, I'm not bulking up fast enough. Well, okay. Did you eat an excessive amount of protein and supplements and <laughs> hit the gym consistently? No. Okay. Well <laughs> stop whining about being a shrimp then, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's just in the business side of things that I hadn't experienced yet. So no, zero entrepreneurial background whatsoever, but I had a desire to put my family in a better situation. And this was the best, uh, best opportunity I could find. I love that. And it's funny how you say like, you still don't feel like an entrepreneur. Cause I kind of feel the same way. Like we do yeah. it, we're doing all the things. We're also kind of learning on the fly. You know what I mean? And no, I want to ask you how, how you learn. I kind of know what you're going to say, but what are things that you do tap into people to now learn how to live this different entrepreneurial life? 100%. Um, something I learned, you know, right away in this business, and it, thankfully it applies at every level, the, the move fast and break, thing, break things kind of mentality has been huge. And that's not something that comes naturally to me or I'm accustomed with because I'm a very planning, think through OCD, yeah. be 100% on it before you even think about taking the first step kind of a guy. And that just doesn't work in business ever, let alone here. So that's that's been something that I've constantly had to push myself on, reminding myself, hey, no, you got to do it. You have to spend the money, you have to invest the time if you're going to see anything out of it. So that's been a huge learning curve for me. Um, but that's that's what I've kind of had to implement is put the activity in and then plug into the people that are where you want to be. 
Um, I heard it put the other day, never take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with. Mm -hmm. So find those people that you wouldn't mind trading places with and take advice from them while you're putting in the activity. And so that's, that's kind of been my learning curve over the last two and a half years is put in the work, put in the time, put in the money, reach out, learn from others while you're also learning from yourself and your own mistakes. And that's, that's how you grow at a faster pace than normal. Love that. So now you start taking it seriously. You become a top producer, you become a hall of fame producer. Um, and you had a great and amazing story of your persistency and what you did to keep very, very high persistency. And I think that's a, a key thing. You know, it's not about all the money and the issue paid that you sell. It's about really what you keep. Industry average is typically that, like, we'll call it 20, 25, 30. You are, I believe, like, you know, 90% stays on the books or something like that. Yeah, it's in the it's in the low double digits, depending on, you know, what day you look at it or what carrier you look at it with. But, yeah, some, somewhere around 12 to 15% is typically where I'm hovering. Um, it's funny because we recently had a guy on the team uh, this past year do a three percent, wow. <laughs> so that was that was even that was especially mind blowing. But yeah, no, I I went on a huge journey because if if I sh uh, show my sales tracker that I keep just an Excel file of my clients and sales that I make and stuff, if I show that um, I put green when I tell them, hey, congrats, you're approved, everything's good to go. And I put red whenever they tell me or I find out that they want to cancel. Um, if you look at that for when I first started, <laughs> it looks like a bloodbath. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> all, all the red on there. Um, so that was a huge learning curve for me because um, I was depending on just kind of throwing it out there instead of learning how to do a better job, building more value and emotion in the sale versus just, oh, yeah, we got to see if you're approved, sign here kind of a thing. Um, doesn't work out. Feels good in the moment, but then when you owe that money back. It's like, all right, we need to change something here because that's too emotional of a roller coaster to ride for most people, definitely myself. For sure. What's one thing you can attest to what made the difference in keeping more business on the books? 100%. Um, I don't know if I can bring it down to one thing. I'll give you two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could relate just to one thing. Um, the first thing I did was I made sure to not avoid the pain point so when I was first starting off, what I would do is I'd have them pick a plan and then I would almost try to like hide the number from them after that, like not wanting them to think about it. Like, oh, I want this one. Okay, cool. So and then I won't bring up the number or, you know, how the payment's going to work or what to expect going forward. It's just like, okay, quick, get it done, get them approved. Um, so I flipped that. Once they pick an option, I'm going harder into it. Okay, so just to confirm, this is what you're getting coverage for. This is how it's going to work. This is how much it's going to come out of your bank account every month. Not coming out yet because you're not approved yet, but it will within the next couple of days. Then it'll be automatic every month from there. Is that going to take food off the table? If you have a you know tire blowout or the fridge stops working, is this something you can keep in place for the long term for you and your family? And so I, I instead of trying to rush past it, I dive into it so they know what it is. And because if if it is too much, we need to lower it. You know, we're in a unique industry where we get paid so much for helping a client. You don't want to upsell them or oversell them something because it's not just a one-time transaction. It's build the value. You'll be able to sell more if you build more value and solve bigger problems because that's yeah. what sales is, right? Solving someone's problem and getting paid for it. So the bigger problem you solve, the more you'll get paid. 
but you have to make sure it's something they see the value in and something they know they can afford long-term. So that was one thing. And then the, the last thing I feel like I did better is um, tying it down much harder at the end. Um, so instead of just, okay, cool, you're approved, see ya, bye, and hanging up or you know leaving the house, it's, okay, great, looks like we're able to get you approved, but then I'm gonna go into more details about what to expect and um, something that, uh, I don't remember who I heard it from, but uh, the last interaction or the last uh, subject that you're talking about with a client before you leave them, you want that to be the first thing they think about when they see that second month's charge come out, right? Because the first charge they're going to remember, right? It's two or three days later when it processes, they're going to remember the entire conversation and all that. Totally fine. That second one though, that second month where a whole month of life has passed and they see America, what's in America? I, honey, did you sign up for something, right? They're, they're trying to figure out what that is. As soon as it dawns on them what, what that charge is, what's their first thought going to be? And from my experience, the best way to control that thought is how do you leave the appointment? So I'll remind them everything that we're doing, but I'll remind them why we did it too. Like, hey, Steve, I know you didn't wake up this morning looking for another $175 a month bill for the household, but that's why we're doing this today because you told me a few minutes ago that if something happened to you, that Margo and the kids would be screwed. And so that's why we're doing this. This is the most important bill. It's the newest bill but it's not the least important. It is the most important bill that you have now going forward. So when those tough months come, because everything always comes in waves, right? It's the car, then it's the fridge, then it's the roof, then it's the kid, and it all happens in the same month. So when those type of months come, make sure that you're canceling the Netflix and the Amazon and all the different random stuff that adds up to way more than 175 a month. <laughs> make sure you're canceling all that stuff before you even consider messing with this coverage. Love that. Well, and then I'll leave it on that. Yeah. Make yeah, yeah 100%. Then I'll leave it on that. Make sure they have my contact info saved in their phone. So that way, I'm the guy that's getting the first question or concern they have, not the insurance company, because they're not going to work to save your business. Yep. And uh, yeah, and those are two things that I feel like, among others, have really helped. Those have been the main two that have really, really helped keep clients on the books. And then also understanding that you're not going to save everyone either. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not going to be a 0% chargeback but if you can get it in the teens to low teens i feel like that's a great way to run a business 100 percent profitable so now you obviously came into a culture with the guys that brought you in gabe and everybody there um of of growth and building so first you're kind of figuring out the sale side and you had said earlier like you didn't want to hire anybody at what point did that change to where you said hey i see integrity like your hat as an opportunity um and i want to build Hundred percent. That uh, I'm thick-headed, so it took longer than it should have. <laughs> uh, but for me, it started. It started off. I think I can point to two things. The first one was I was worried about being that guy. Yep. You know that guy with the opportunity. Um, but over time, I realized that you're only that guy if you care more more about yourself than you do the person that you're talking to. Right. In other words, if you're recruiting to make a buck to build your team, to build your ego, if you're recruiting for yourself versus telling someone about something with the intent and goal of helping them change their life, there's a big difference. In most places, the reason that opportunities have such a you know cliche kind of stereotype is because most people that are selling an opportunity <laughs> are broke. True. And can't really help you make a ton of money. Right. But once I realized here, 
That's not what we do or how we do it. The only way that I get excited about recruiting someone here is if I can help them and help them make a ton of money, which coincidentally is why people join for the most part. (laughs) It's one of, if not the only reason they join. And so that realization was a huge light bulb for me, realizing that I'm not that guy. I know it in my heart. I want to have a ton of people on the team that make a ton of money. (laughs) I don't want to have them here just to have them here. Um, And then the other realization was, um, I would say a good six, seven months into it around the turn of the year, kind of going into the, my first convention um, leading up to it, I started realizing like, Hey, I have sucked supremely (laughs) for the last six, seven months, but I have still made, I actually netted more in those six months from July to the end of the year in 2020, I netted more than I had grossed at my account management job. On to, plus my wife's income in 2019, like our entire household W-2 tax filing was less than I netted in the first six months in this business. So it was just like, holy crap, if an average schmuck like me can do that in six, seven months, what do I have? What am I worried about? Like, why would I not tell everyone about this? Because all I did was go to work and make a bunch of mistakes and learn and grow and keep going to work. Why would I not tell a ton of people about this? So that was, I, I would say those are the two biggest things that that I would point to that helped me get out of that selfish, I'm only in this for me type of mentality to actually being willing and capable of sharing it with other people. I love that. So now, you know, a lot of things change in building where I'm sure you guys, much like we were more of an in-home, then we get into this yep. telesales, this virtual game, how was that transition for you? Because you were an in-home guy starting out, right? 100%. 100%, right? How was that for you? How was that transition? How is it teaching people now? And, and what growth have you seen from it? Yeah. Um, so I've been here two and a half years, a little bit more. The first year and a half, I was completely in the field. Um, and I was very slow to look at the virtual space. Um, but so many people were going that, that route and so many people smarter than me, <laughs> I got to the point where I was like, all right, I just, I, I can't keep arguing with, <laughs> with people that are smarter than me about going virtual. Like it just, it makes too much sense. Like I need to just do it and figure it out just like I did anything else. And one of the things I realized when I jumped in was that it's not really that different. <laughs> it's the same process. You just have to look at the numbers a little bit differently because if you're booking appointments, less people are going to show up. But if you know that going into it, it's really not emotional. It's pretty straightforward. It's just a numbers game like anything else in sales. And now if you're virtual, leads aren't a problem because you have the whole entire U.S. instead of just a two, three, four hour radius for driving and, you know, wherever you're willing to fly to. Like that's that's what I was doing in the field. I would my closest run area was an hour and a half, one direction. Most of mine were two, two and a half hours in one direction. But it was like, hey, if, if, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So with virtual, it buys back so much time, allows so much more lead availability. And the thing I like most about it is um, how much quicker you can help agents uh, get off the ground because you're able to dial together. You're able to run in-home appointments together. Um, and you can literally just be coaching them through the appointment as they're on the appointment. You can't do that in a home. <laughs> you can't go and stand behind a new agent in front of a client and tell them what to say the entire time. That's super weird <laughs> and definitely wouldn't go very well. But you can absolutely do that over Zoom when they're on the phone with the client. Hey, give me one second. They put them on mute. You're on Zoom with them. You've heard everything that's going on so far. And you can just tell them, hey, 
do this, this, and this. Hey, say this. And it's it's helping them get paid so much quicker, helping them get off the ground quicker. So um, pros and cons to each, but definitely more pros to virtual, I would say. Um, some of the cons is just it, you have to be more disciplined. You have yeah, to be a lot more disciplined. Sure. <laughs> and you, you still need to be in an office. I, I believe that wholeheartedly because um, it's much easier to go to work mentally when you're going to work physically <laughs> than if you're staying at home. It's a lot harder to go to work because physically you're still at home. Mentally, you have to go to work. So that's a that's a big struggle for a lot of people. And, and I definitely still go to the office every day. So um, those are some of the adjustments that we've made going virtual. But now the team's pretty much 95, if not 100% virtual at this point. Yeah, love that. So now one of the things I, from an outsider view that I think you've done a very good job of is in your growth, you have developed leaders, right? So when you look at like legs, how many like legs of leadership would you say you have? Yeah, so we have four official logos, one that's being processed currently, pretty much a fifth. Um, the goal is to have 12 by the end of this year. Uh, but yeah, that's where we're at now. Because to me, you know, anybody can hire agents, but when you develop leaders, that shows, you know, that shows you as the leader. So my first question is, sure. those leaders you have, are, are those all warm market or any cold market? Um, one is cold market. Two, I'm sorry. Uh, one's cold, one's natural, three are warm. Okay. So Mindy and Ryan, uh, I've built, I've known them for a long time. Um, Travis is a good friend of Mike's. Mike recruited Travis before Mike even got licensed. He was like, dude, <laughs> watch what I'm doing. I got this new thing going on. <laughs> if it works out, you, you're going to want to hop in. And obviously it did. And so he did. Um, and then German, uh, we found through a Facebook ad back in June of 2021. He's on track to help uh, over 100 families this month, by the way. So that's pretty cool for him. <laughs> um, that'll be the first for him or anyone on Inception. So he'll be giving you a run for your for your money this month. Let's go, man. <laughs> and then, uh, right? And then um, David Starr was a client of uh, Mindy's husband, Andrew. <laughs> he showed up to his house, got no-showed, rebooked it, went out there. He didn't buy, but he was like, hey, how much do you make if if I would buy? He told <laughs> him, he was like, all right, where, where, where do I sign? <laughs> that's smart. So that's the... Yeah, that's the short version of, of how we found him. So, yeah. Um, and then we have a lot of other up and comings that are cold market as well. So it's definitely worked out well for us. But warm market is definitely where it's at. It's don't ignore cold, but warm is definitely the, the easiest to help them get up, get going, make money. Um, but if you're very conscious about building a good relationship with the cold market, then it definitely works. You know, we've got um, people like a. Uh, Gary Green, Janelle Watson, Nick Gray, Colby Landman. Um, I shouldn't start naming people, but those are just some some of the top cold market people that we've found and been able to meet and help and work with. The, you'll be seeing a lot of logos from, from people like that coming up soon, too. I love that. So instead of asking you how you kind of manage, you know, your agents, how do you manage the leaders? Because to me... If I look at your growth and a lot of people's growth, it's because you're not focusing on, hey, I'm going to manage 700 agents all day long. Instead, you're going to worry and manage five <laughs> managers that will help that growth. So how, how does that look like? Are you more hands-on, more hands-off, You know, more hands in there when you're needed? How do you manage? Yeah, uh, good question. That's something I've been learning and growing on a lot. 
especially over the last year, year and a half. Um, Cause for a while there, I was doing it wrong. So what I was doing is I said, I was telling myself, Hey, I've found these leaders. Now let me help them grow. And then just focusing, focusing, focusing on them. But what I realized is now I'm not leading from the front because the only two ways to be successful in this business are to write and recruit. So I was trying to force duplication on them instead of just doing Mm. what works, write and recruit. And so that is some of the many lessons we learned in 2022, 21 into 22, um, it doesn't work like that. You have to do what you're helping other people do. Just do it more and better than them so you can help them <laughs> with it and grow with it. And so that was a big lesson learned. So I, I would say that um, don't necessarily manage them so much as I do, I do my best to lead from the front and help them when they want it. Because <laughs> that's a much less stressful relationship and it also plays to human psychology much more. Because if you're trying to force something in someone, they're, they're going to resist you, maybe even subconsciously. But if you're just growing and pursuing more business and recruiting more agents into the business and helping them, then other people want to know how you're doing it, and they'll do more of it as well. So that was a big lesson learned. Um, but I would say that's kind of how I did and then <laughs> corrected that dynamic. And, you know, you go back to before when we're talking about, like, how do you learn entrepreneurship and you don't feel like one? And then it's like, how do you do it? You, you start doing that stuff. You make some mistakes. You manage somebody the wrong way. And you're like, all right, well, just won't do that again. Like, it's like touching yep. the stove, right? <laughs> you know, you touch yep. the stove. It's all hot. Right. It's hot. It's not touching anymore. Let's go over here now. Yep. <laughs> Let's go to the freezer. Yep. So now, last thing I want to wrap with, and you're you're awesome, is, is the lock-in. So you are a lock-in traveling machine, um, speaking to your managers. Your managers are holding them, doing a great job of that. Talk to me about what they look like, feel like, and what it's bringing you in volume and new writers. Yeah, so um, I would say lock-ins are something we resisted a little bit at first, again, because I'm a hard-headed idiot, and don't like change, <laughs> but, um, and cause there are a lot of work too. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's not, it looks fun if you market it right, but it is a lot of work with a little bit of fun. Um, so we, we, we realized, Hey, we really need to get into this cause all the top teams are doing them. So that speaks to, you know, the credibility and validity of it. So, um, we've been learning as we go with them, uh, just like anything else. Um, but what we've seen is, it builds a culture that you can't build any other way. You just, you, you can't, <laughs> virtual doesn't replace being in person with agents pouring into them, having them watch you work, you watching them work. It's, it's irreplaceable. Um, so you'll see months and months, if not years of growth in agents in a short two, three, four day period. Mm, so it's I like, like okay, well, that's worth it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's 100% worth it there. Um, numerically, you'll see more volume come from it because everyone's working. When you're clear about, hey, we're coming here to work, and then everyone goes there and works, what do you know? They're working more when there's a bunch of people around doing the same thing than they are when they're at home by themselves with a, you know, just a little square on a Zoom room. 
So you'll just naturally see more because people will be working harder with that extra work, with that extra time, attention, and training. You'll see massive growth. Um, and also, they are a lot of fun in, in a productive, working hard type of way. And it's very attractive to uh, lots of people. So in other words, if you've got people that are considering the opportunity, what better way to show them the opportunity than helping them see 5, 10, 15, 20 agents just straight up working and doing what we do? Because what we do isn't hard. So when someone can come in, see what you're doing, hang up with a client and be like, oh yeah, I just made this much. And it just blows their mind. Like, seriously, that's how much you made from what I just want you to do? <laughs> it's a no-brainer at that point. Um, this last one, we had a guy in car sales he was strongly considering this, but kind of on the fence, because um, obviously the car sales route is very proven. It's been around for decades, and you know it's it's decent money with a lot of work over decades of time, <laughs> right? And so when he sees all these people in there, new to sales, we had one girl that's never been in sales before. Was a RN. Um, she helped four families, and she um, those were her first two policies, <laughs> and she helped four families over the couple days. And so when he sees stuff like that happening, he's like, oh yeah, like I'll, I'll go turn in my two weeks because this is a no brainer. So you're able to help people see what it looks like and how simple it is, but how much money you can make helping families here um, in such a short period of time. So it's, it's effective for the new agent to really give them a boost of confidence. Cause if they come to that and don't make a sale, it's just cause they were sitting on Instagram the whole time and not working right. <laughs> and that's on them, not yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So as long as you set the expectations, make it clear um, on what's happening, make sure everyone has enough leads to work and uh, enough food and energy drinks to keep working. Like <laughs> it's they're, they're bound to help some people. So we were able to have um, about 15 agents out there, about 25 total people came in and out at some point in time. Um, we averaged about 17, 18 there any given time, um, six first time riders, uh, and we helped 70 families coming wow. from a team that their best week ever was 48 families. Mm -hmm. And this was three days, not mm -hmm. a whole week. Mm -hmm. So obviously they'll, they'll probably, uh, help over a hundred families this week. So, wow. um, so yeah, it was, it was absolutely incredible. Saw a ton of growth and we're looking forward. We got another one coming up here and, uh, well, we're doing one right now here at the Indiana office and then another one coming up at the end of the month and another one in April. So with different teams and stuff. So it's, it's incredible. They're worth every penny and uh, a few hours less of sleep, but uh, they're incredible and a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they grow and evolve throughout the year. You know what I love is, you know, you're, you're doing something and teaching virtual, but the importance of face to face in you and your agent that you set a mouthful of you're really, you're accelerating them getting going or not because let's face facts if, if i recruit people all over the country they can get on the phone with me hell they can get on zoom with me but there's there's something to be said if i can sit with you go through it i might say one thing that clicks that you can get them to the next level so i love that yeah 100 that's incredible well you're the man bro and and we are on this crusade <laughs> of board member in march so i hope yeah. we can get there together and um you know maybe we'll, we'll toast and have a drink to it when we get there in april i agree man it's gonna be awesome that was a family march let's make it happen yes sir you can come down and uh you can enjoy the nice hot warm weather down here yeah i was gonna say definitely me coming to you not the for other sure. way around for sure. it's like <laughs> february and it's like 93 like it's uh it's uh yeah it's not a bad life can't complain 
Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, appreciate I appreciate you. Brother. Anything I can do for you, of course, please reach out, and uh, I'll be rooting for you, and I can't wait to see you pop up on that leaderboard. Likewise. Let's get it. All right, brother. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us.